Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Hello, GT Church. If you don't know me, I'm Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. And I'm so honored to be with you here today. We are wrapping up our last week of the story series And over the past number of weeks, each speaker has been sharing stories and learnings from their own lives. It's been really powerful, even as we had Pastor Andy last week, sharing about being with Jesus. We believe that sharing testimonies is such an important part of our experience as Christians. It's good to testify about how Jesus has impacted you or your family, but I want you to know that sometimes it isn't easy to actually share the events of your life. However, as Christians... We have the Holy Spirit to help us, to empower us, and ultimately, the Holy Spirit is the one who enables our experiences with Jesus to resonate with other people. The Bible actually says that we triumph over the evil one by the blood of the Lamb, that's Jesus, his blood, and the word of our testimony. That's our story with Jesus, us testifying about who Jesus is. Today, I'm going to tell you a few of my stories and share a few lessons that I've learned along the way. But let me pray first. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your love. I thank you that even though we may not see you sometimes, you are ultimately and intimately involved in our lives and in our world. Would you have your way today? May the stories I share today help someone else to overcome. We need you so much, Jesus. You are above all things. In your name we pray, amen, amen. And before I share some of these stories, I have to mention that as I prepared this message today, I was greatly assisted by a woman named Fatima, one of the librarians at the Greater Victoria Public Library. She actually provided me with 17 articles that were published in the Times Colonist in the early 1980s to help me with this story that I'm gonna share with you. Can we just give it up for librarians? They're amazing. Thank you for our librarians. I want to begin in the year 1982, just a handful of years before I was born. A local man, he owned a restaurant just a stone's throw away from our GT downtown campus, where I'm speaking right now. It was at the corner of Bay and Government Street. And if you go there today, you'll actually find a pawn shop. It was called Spencer's Dragon Express. Just by the name of it, you could guess it it was a Chinese restaurant. In the first year of the business, Spencer's Dragon Express achieved moderate success. But during the second year, the owner was unable to make ends meet. Rent downtown at that time, if you can believe it, was $2,000 a month. The owner himself was leveraged to the hilt. He owned a parcel of land and his home were on the line. All of this while he had a wife and three kids to support, he found himself in desperate times. Things that the business weren't going well at all. He wanted to actually get out of the restaurant business. He felt like he was facing pressure on all sides and looking from the outside in, you might not even know that he was about to hit rock bottom. He was trying so hard to hold it all together. On the morning of June 1st, 1982, With the owner's knowledge, two men set fire to Dragon Express. 
The fire quickly burned up the building, which in turn set off an explosion of a nearby propane tank, sending glass all throughout the streets. There was an estimated $1 million in damage to the building. The police quickly narrowed down the suspects, and they concluded that the owner was involved in this fire. The owner was subsequently charged with arson, and he was put on trial. The lead-up to the trial was long, but eventually he was convicted and sentenced to two years in prison. What you may not know is that the Spencer of Spencer's Dragon Express restaurant was my grandfather, Spencer Kong. My own grandfather's defense lawyer stated that his offense was motivated by desperation and that the publicity surrounding the court case had actually hurt his family, particularly his children, at school. He was ruined. The bank seized his house and his land, and ultimately he ended up serving six months in prison. But an amazing thing happened while he was in prison. As he served his time, he befriended the chaplain there, and the chaplain gave him a Bible. You can see where this is going. He began reading it from the beginning, like, I mean, front to back, Genesis to Revelation. And at the same time he started to read the Bible, a group from a local church were sending people to the prison to minister to the inmates. One of these men was a man by the name of Dan McGregor. I actually had the opportunity to interview Dan and his wonderful wife, Becky, recently as I was writing this. As we reminisced about this time in my grandfather's life, Dan shared a story about a time when my grandfather came to him and actually said, you know what, Dan? As I read the Bible, I think the Bible is reading me. I think the Bible is reading me. What he meant was, as he read the Bible, he began to see parallels in his own life, and within its pages, he found practical answers to the situations that he would find himself in those days. And this made him want to know more about God. He ended up beginning a relationship with Christ in prison and even got baptized while he was still inside. Dan went on to describe my grandfather's faith as naive, but not naive in a negative sense. It's that it had simple, he had simple childlike faith a genuine relationship with his creator, because to Spencer, a relationship with Jesus just made sense. Somehow, he always had a story about Jesus intervening in his life, and I think it's because he actually included Jesus in everything that he did. His wife, my grandfather, or my grandmother, Nora, once told me that when grandpa got out of prison, he was transformed. Where once he was desperate and always searching for ways to be successful or to make a quick buck, he was now filled with hope and focused on repairing his relationships with his family and with those in the community. See, the man that stepped into prison that day came out transformed by the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Slowly, his faith began to spread. And it wasn't long until his wife and his daughter were introduced to church and They were baptized not long after that. I'm not saying that life for the Kong family became a picture-perfect portrait overnight. 
Life was still difficult. They still had a lot of things to deal with, but now they had a relationship with Jesus that gave them greater, a greater measure of hope and peace to get them through those hard times. So that brings us to today. One of the lessons that I've learned from my grandfather is that it's not too late to start a legacy of faith. It's not too late to start a legacy of faith. See, his faith in Jesus deeply impacted him, but it also impacted the people around him in a positive way too. And when I think of my grandfather's story, I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians 5.17, where it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a follower of Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. When you begin a relationship with Jesus, his spirit begins to work in you. He makes all things new. He actually wants to transform you into the person he created you to be. The faith journey that my grandfather started in prison sparked an undeniable legacy. It had a ripple effect that impacted our entire family. I see Jesus when I look at my grandmother. She alone is such a testimony of God's faithfulness. I see Jesus in their daughter, Teresa, and now her son, Thomas. And I see Jesus in their youngest son, Doug's family too. It's an amazing legacy of faith. But I'll never know if my dad, Chris, their oldest son, accepted Jesus Christ before he passed away. But I know that he was exposed to the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus through my grandparents. For me, I'm so grateful to them because they introduced me to Jesus at a very young age. I actually wouldn't be here right now at GT, serving as a pastor, speaking to you today without their legacy of faith. My wife, Kirsten, and I have the privilege of raising our kids in a household built on this very faith. Thank you so much, Jesus. Thank you for the legacy. You see, by all cultural and societal standards, my grandfather wouldn't be considered a good man. He made some really big mistakes. He was a convicted felon. He certainly wouldn't win awards for being the world's best husband or dad. And the actions that he made had consequences that deeply affected him and his family. But Jesus got a hold of him in that prison cell and made him new. He was a new creation. Sadly, he passed away in 1997, but all of my memories of him are filled with a grandfather who loved me with unconditional love. It's never too late to start a legacy of faith. I want you to take a moment and think about your own life. Maybe you're hearing me today and you've made some big mistakes. Maybe you feel like you're really far from God right now in this moment. Or maybe you're angry at God for the situations that you find yourself in. My prayer is that my grandfather's story can bring you just a little bit of hope. Because the verse I read earlier wasn't just true for him, it can be true for anyone who decides to be in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. 
The old is gone. The new is here. See, when we follow Jesus, we're transformed. You need to know that no matter what you've done, you have a heavenly father who loves you and cares for you deeply. And today he's saying to you, you're not too far gone. You're not too far from his grace and his forgiveness. You aren't disqualified or disowned. The Bible actually says in Romans 5, chapter 8, or Romans chapter 5, verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can I say that one more time? God, he demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I hope you're following me today. Whether you've been a Christian for forever or you aren't yet a follower of Jesus, this is the good news, my friends. God loves us so much that while we were still sinners, while we still had wrongdoing, Christ died for us. He loves us and he promises to be with us. All we have to do is invite him into our lives. I want you to know, that if you haven't started a relationship with Jesus Christ yet, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of my message to do so. But the truth is that our sins, our wrongdoings, they separate us from God. But Jesus' death and his resurrection paved the way for us to have a right and pure relationship with God, forgiveness of sins and eternal life with him. My grandfather accepted this forgiveness that I'm talking about. And he began a legacy of faith that has impacted so many people. And I wonder, is there anyone hearing this today that's ready to start or even continue a legacy of faith? God, would you stir up their heart today? So that's the first lesson. It's not too late to start a legacy of faith. Now, I want to get into some of the years following my grandfather's incarceration. <clears throat> Just a couple years after my grandfather got out of prison, a handsome, wonderful, amazing baby boy was born, and his name was Christopher Kong. As you might have guessed, that's me. When I was born, I was diagnosed with a hole in my heart. And the doctors were really worried about my condition, so they rushed me from Victoria General to Vancouver Children's Hospital by helicopter. And I love to tell people that because my first ride was in a helicopter. How many people can say that? At the time, my grandparents were part of a really vibrant church, and they spread the word that I was sick. Their church began praying for me, and they prayed for me at an evening vigil and through their prayer chain at the time. My mom wasn't able to ride with me in that helicopter, so she went home to grab some things and an overnight bag and take the ferry over to meet with me. She told me that when she stopped at home, she wrote a note to her mom, my grandmother on the other side, saying that she was praying for God to protect me and to heal me. She wasn't a believer at the time, and when she arrived at the hospital, she got a report from the doctors that they didn't know why, but I didn't have a hole in my heart anymore. They chalked it up to malfunctioning machines here in Victoria, and I say, thank you, God, for healing me. Which leads us to the next lesson, one that I learned from my grandparents. Never underestimate the power of prayer. 
Don't ever underestimate the power of prayer. The wonderful thing about a relationship with God is that there are no prayers that are too big or too small. God doesn't actually ever get tired of hearing from you. He can handle our every need and our emotions don't actually scare him off. He created us and he wants to bless us. And like any good parent, he wants, us to, give, he wants to give us, his kids, good and perfect gifts. As we pray, we actually deepen our relationships with him. We find hope and peace and freedom as we pray. And on a practical level, he actually begins to meet the needs that we have in our lives. First Thessalonians chapter five, verses 16 to 18 say this, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances. Another version says, pray without ceasing. In other words, keep your conversation with God going. Pray continuously. You know, I always wonder, what might have happened to me if nobody prayed? Would I have grown up with a hole in my heart? Would I have eventually succumbed to the effects of that hole in my heart? We'll never know because God actually showed up when they prayed. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. I know that there are people among us who are desperate for a miracle. That there are people among us that are praying for their loved ones and that they would find and return to Jesus. And there are even more people among us who are praying for healing in their bodies and in their minds. Don't give up. God is so faithful to answer us. Did you know that your prayers don't actually have an expiry date? It's true. It's not like the prayers you prayed in faith are void if you aren't a perfect Christian or if you die. You know, when we pray, we pray to God who actually resides outside of time, outside of what we know as this timeline. It's a mind-blowing concept if you actually slow down to think of it but he sees time all at once, which means when we pray, our prayers reach him and it's outside of time. So why wouldn't we pray about anything and everything? Because I know that the prayers that my grandparents prayed for me while I was in the hospital as a baby had long lasting effects. They prayed that I would be healed. They prayed that I would have a hope and a future. And even though I was healed, which is an amazing miracle, those prayers continued to work in my life. My grandfather was long gone, but his prayers for me weren't. Even as I walked away from my faith in my 20s, eventually I found faith again. Never underestimate the power of your prayers. I just want to say, if there's anyone watching here and you've been praying, would you just continue to pray? Your prayers will impact people and you won't even know sometimes the effect or the, the scope of how that might impact people. Let's take a moment to recap here. The first lesson I shared was that it's not too late to start a legacy of, prayer, of faith. And the second one was to never underestimate 
the power of prayer. Now, I want to conclude this message by simply inviting you to take a few moments right now, wherever you are, and reflect on your life. I know you may be sitting or wherever you are. Just take a moment. I want to invite you, if you can, to close your eyes and take a deep breath. Wherever you are, don't miss this moment to connect with the God of heaven and earth. He's here with you, with us, right now. I want you to ask yourself these questions. Where are you at with God right now in your relationship with him? How is your relationship with him right now? Do you need forgiveness for the things that you've done wrong? Do you need him to intervene in your life right now? Do you need a miracle of provision or of guidance? I want you to just right now, take a moment and lift up that need to him. If you need forgiveness, would you just take a moment to reflect on Jesus's love for you? Don't be afraid to approach him and ask for whatever you need. I believe right now that the Holy Spirit is moving through not only this room where I am, but he's speaking to you as well. I want to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, I pray for the person on the other side of this screen right now. God, that you would show yourself faithful and powerful, mighty to save in their lives. God, I thank you that nobody is too far from your grace. Nobody is too far from your mercy and your love and your forgiveness and your faithfulness. So Lord, I pray that you would continue to show yourself powerful in our lives. Would you touch us with your power? Would you move in us? God, would you heal the person right now who needs healing? And would you minister to the person who is afraid or sad? Would you be with the people who are downcast? Lift them up, Lord Jesus. We need you so much, God. And would you show yourself to us? We thank you, God, that you care about even the littlest things in our lives. In your name I pray. Amen. Maybe my grandfather's story resonated with you today. And you're beginning to realize that Jesus has a love that's actually for you too. Earlier in my message, I said that I would give you an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus. And for everyone who wants to start that relationship, I want to invite you to pray along with me, either in your heart or even out loud, wherever you are right now. It's a simple prayer. It goes like this. Lord Jesus... I'm sorry for the wrongs that I've done. I accept your gift of forgiveness right now. I thank you that you love me and that you died for me. Would you please come into my life by your spirit? I need you. In your name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, I wanna congratulate you. I want you to know that we are committed to helping you start out this faith strong. With that in mind, you're gonna see a number pop up on your screen. If you text the word LIFE to that number, one of our team members is going to connect with you and give you some instructions on how you can actually begin to live out this new life as a new creation that you've started. And if you're watching on our church online platform, you're actually gonna see a little button that says raise hand. Would you 
click that button and fill out the form that follows, the same thing's gonna happen. We're gonna follow up with you personally. We wanna encourage you. We want to pray for you. And if you don't have a Bible, we wanna get one into your hands. I hope you were encouraged today by the story of my grandfather, Spencer, and how God showed up in his life at his lowest moments and transformed him into a new creation, beginning a legacy of faith that rippled over generations. Because his legacy of faith not only impacted his immediate family, it's still working today in his kids, in me, and in my family. I just want to thank Jesus right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you meet us in our times of need, that you hear our prayers, and that through our stories, you can reach so many people. Would God be with you this week as you continue to follow him? May he be glorified in everything that you do, in all that you say, and in the legacy of faith that you're creating. Amen.